On today's podcast, I have a very special guest with us. Jen Dunbar has over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry. She is a certified personal trainer, spin instructor, group fitness instructor, and nutrition and wellness specialist. She's also a certified reflexologist in the United States. Jen is a graduate of Fanshawe College in the Office Administration Executive Program. She is currently working on our Human Movement Specialist Certification with the Brooke Bush Institute. Her passion for fitness stems from wanting her clients to have a lifelong journey with wellness. This passion comes from changing people's views on what fit looks like. Her motto is, I'm not training to be skinny, I'm training for longevity. When she isn't in the gym or here at the clinic where she works, she enjoys her road bike and hiking with her husband, two children, and their dogs, Marvel and Sprocket. A warm welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Uh, I know Jennifer from our gym. She, I, I take spin classes from her, and she delivers a very spicy workout indeed. Thank you. Uh, so, Jennifer, I'd like to jump into the questions. And uh, one of the first questions I always ask my fitness professionals is what is one thing about health and fitness about the industry that not many people know about i would say one of the biggest misconceptions is is that exercise can erase your bad eating habits because really when it comes down to what health and fitness looks like or trying to change certain things what you eat is about 80 percent of the equation what you're doing gym and working out is just the other 20%. So it's really paying attention to what your macronutrients look like and how you're pairing them all together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're saying concentrate on your nutrition and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's not like going to the gym, working out and then being able to kind of treat yourself and eat as much as you want, right? That's right. And and people need to remember that I can, we could, well, we could give a spin class to six different participants and we get six very different results. Personal training is the same way. We can put together the same workout and give them to six people. You can give the same nutrition plan to six people and you're going to get six very different results. Everybody is different. So everybody's going to have a different eating plan. Everybody's going to have a different set of macronutrients. Every personal training session has to be different in order to see progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's very individualized. Yeah. Who has influenced you the most on your own personal fitness journey? That would be Leah Warner. She was my pro trainer when I first started at the gym and she approached me after a step class because I just moved here and she's like, Jen, why are you not teaching? Because you can you can keep the beat to the music. You Your body movement patterns are great. Why are you not teaching? And I said to her, um, because I don't look like what a personal trainer should look like. And she immediately was right back at me going, no, that is a huge misconception. And that has absolutely nothing to do with it. And she just worked with me and I got certified and the rest is pretty much history. Oh, good for you. Good for you. So you had to overcome a certain um, ideological misconception yourself, right? 
Yes, it was, it was, and it was hard. We were just talking about it in the locker room, actually, one of the other instructors that some of our first times going down the convention and seeing how, you know, how fit all the personal trainers are down there and what their fitness instructors look like. And, and I'm talking to the other instructor and she's like, I don't look like any of those. I'm like, and neither do I. And that is absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is it that a fitness trainer, so what makes a good personal fitness trainer? Let's, let's put it that way. I think your ability to listen to what your client is asking you for, um, not having certain biases towards people and really just taking the time to create a program that's personalized to them. So not giving them a cookie cutter program that, you know, you're giving to six different people, looking at them and going, how are you moving? Are you able to walk straight? What do your arms do when you walk? Can you squat? What do your knees look like? Are your ankles moving? And creating a program that allows them to move properly and correctly so you can take them from wherever they are today and hopefully carry them through 20, 30, 40 years of their life that they continue to have continue to go up and down stairs and be able to do the things in their life that they want to do. And I think though beyond beyond that, I think there must be some emotional connection that is fostered in along you know in the relationship between the personal trainer and the client right so i don't i don't i don't necessarily want to use the word motivation because the motivation has to come from the individual yes. himself or herself yes. right but but there has to be some kind of uh, emotional um support i guess you could say yep absolutely and right you just want to be relatable and show yeah. and have some empathy you don't that person sitting across from you and you're finding, sometimes we find out more than what, probably what their physicians know about their life mm-hmm. and what type of journey that they've been on and what their mental health is looking like. And for some people, just walking through the door of the gym is a huge, huge first step for them to make. And you got to congratulate them on that because some people don't even feel comfortable coming to the gym because their mindset is, I need to lose weight. I need to get in shape before I even step foot in the gym. And I would love to be able to change that and just tell everybody that you're, you're so welcome to come to the gym and we're the place that you really need to be to, to have that group around you to help support you better. Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, I would, yes, that's, that's part of the message throughout the podcast is in particular, I'm speaking now to the ladies who might feel a little bit uneasy or uncomfortable getting over that hurdle of going to the gym. Yeah. Everybody's accepted. Everybody's welcome. And good on you for taking that initiative, that first step, right? Well, a lot of them will start upstairs in the fitness classes because you're in a big group and you, you feel a little more comfortable because you don't feel like all eyes are on you for sure. And what's great about starting up there is most of them stick around and have coffee afterwards. So there's a huge social aspect of that. And they all become very good friends. And then there are times that some people will stay upstairs. They never gravitate downstairs. And that's okay too. So it's it's a great place to start. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've touched on this in so many podcast episodes uh, that 
you know, join a class, a group, mm -hmm. the camaraderie, the, um, uh, I'm going to use the word motivation now because I think uh, seeing someone else work out beside you, you know, struggling away kind of gives yes. you that motivation and that, that, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can do it. I, I got to keep going and, and uh, right. I, can, I can get there to where that other person is. Right. So that's yeah. right. And we, and we always tell them it's not a competition. It's not a competition between me. It's not a competition between your neighbor. The competition is with yourself and with your own head. And you're just going to work to your top potential that day and not worry about what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Exactly. Now, when you're crunched for time, Mm -hmm. But yet you really want to get a workout in. What exercise yep. routine do you turn to? I usually will turn to a HIIT program. Cardio is usually not my favorite. I really enjoy weight. So I have to work really hard to add cardio aspects into my programming. So it may be I do a little bit of a Tabata add that in there. I may do four minutes of a, of a t cardio Tabata because that doesn't seem so bad in my head. Four minutes isn't very long. And then I will probably end up doing some weights and just adding in a little bit more higher intensity on top of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to keep it to about 20 to 30 minutes if I'm mm -hmm. crunched for time. Right, right, right. Do you have a home gym, by the way, or do you? I do, you I do have some things at home that I do use. I I am a gym junkie. I, I love to be able to say I can do it at home, but there is something in my brain that when I come to the gym, I work out harder because I can't leave. So if I'm at home, all I think about is maybe I should go do the laundry or I should go fold the clothes or I should perhaps start maybe... making dinner. Yeah. 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 Uh, I get distracted by all the other types of things that I should be doing. So I don't tend to work as hard as I should be. Have I worked out at home? I did it all through COVID and I hated every minute of it. I could not wait to come back to the gym and have a little bit of that social, that social background there of being able to talk to people. Uh, that's a great point, Jen, because I, we, we have a, a little room dedicated to working out here in our home, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I, I could potentially do most of the things there that I also do at the gym, but you are, you hit the nail on the head by saying you get distracted and things that you think you should be doing in and around the house Yes. Kind of take away from that dedicated workout time. Yes. And I have friends that that have home gyms and they love it and hats off to them. I'm I'm just not wired that way. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. And I I thrive off the atmosphere, that environment at the gym. Right. Yes. Everyone yes. else is doing their own thing. They're, they, you know, but I see them working out. I, I just kind of, I guess, inspires me. Right. And, yeah. and you're right. You, you do put in a much better workout or at least you and I do uh, in, in a gym environment. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, how would you define having a fitness mindset? Because this podcast is centered around mindset with mm -hmm. a tad of nutrition, with a tad of fitness, but it all kind of comes back to mindset. Could you define what you what you consider a fitness mindset? So for me, um, I think everybody has a different fitness mindset, and I think everyone's going to define it a wee bit different. I used to think 
that it was coming to the gym and doing a specific workout, making sure I hit certain macros when I was tracking stuff on my fitness pal. What did, you know, how high did my cardio rate hit today? And that was what it was about for me for a long time. And that mindset for me has really shifted as, as I've gotten older. And now I'm just more about just going in and getting a really good sweat on sure that I really work on my mobility because I do have a, a, well, my knee, one knee isn't super great and making sure that I really work my mobility at least two to three times a week so I can continue to do whatever I want to do for the rest of my life. Ah, good, good, good. So you really work on strengthening that, uh, I, I guess you could say lower body to improve the knee situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just keep asking myself, like, and sometimes that my mindset will change depending upon what I'm doing. And I just keep asking myself, you know, what is my why this week? Why am I going this week? And eventually you will find your why and you'll find what fires you up. And, and I just always try to tell people, like, keep that mindset simple. It doesn't have to be something long and drawn out your fitness mindset could just be you know you want to be able to climb the stairs without getting exhausted and what does that look like and how do we get you there Mm -hmm. so it's different for everybody but for me right now is I want to stay mobile yeah and 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 that's such an important message to everyone listening I mean I just posted um well I should say we are doing this interview on uh Friday April 14th and just yesterday on the Facebook um, page, I posted some exercises that I was doing outside, uh, squats and lunges. I, I, I stop, so I go on a morning walk and every 500 meters or every kilometer, I stop and do some squats and lunges. Mm-hmm. Just to add in a little bit of resistance. Absolutely. And I, I, the story behind it is, I had a big smile on my face. The story behind it is that I am due for two surgeries right? Two two hip replacements. But spinning has helped me immensely as as well as working out at the gym. And, you know, I'm trying to tell people, hey, there's so much you can do to help your mobility issues, right? Yes. And get that area strong. And you you mentioned it with the knee and your mobility, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm just trying to tell people, you know, don't shy away from the gym. Don't shy away from weight training. Uh, You've got to help yourself and movement is medicine. Yes. Yep. I went to a session at CanFit and I knew that my doctor, because I have very little cartilage left in one knee and they said I would probably have to have a knee replacement. And they gave me a bunch of other options that I really wasn't keen on. And I happened to talk to another trainer in town and he's like, just come in, let me evaluate it. Because as a trainer, I still like to get evaluated because perfect form with certain things. And it's good to have another set of eyes. And he watched me go through some stuff. And he's like, Jen, your your ankle mobility sucks. So, so he really, he gave me a couple cues. And then I took a whole bunch of courses on ankle mobility and hip mobility and what that looks like. Because I wasn't doing lunges and I didn't do them for two years. And now I'm doing lunges. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, I mean... You can regain yes. a lot of that. I'm just going to put it, let it, let it fall under the category of mobility. I'm just going to say you can regain a lot of that mobility by doing certain exercises. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You sure can. Okay. Now, when Jen and I discuss the topics for today's 
uh, podcast, Jen came up with two amazing topics and we're going to turn to one of those topics now and then we're going to transition into the second topic. I think they're going to be super interesting for my listeners. So let's begin with the first one, Jen. Okay. What is healthism and what are the origins of this concept? Well, it was so funny because a few weeks ago at work, I was talking to one of my practitioners and he mentioned healthism. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me more about this. What does this mean? And he kind of delved into it for me. And I went, oh my God, I've been talking about that forever. I just didn't know it had a name to it. So really healthism is the, is a horrible idea that it's, your health is entirely on you. It's entirely your responsibility. So I had to, of course, look it up. I'm like, where does this actually come from? So it actually came from Robert Crawford back in like the 1980s. And he saw healthism as problematic. He saw it, he sees health as being political. Specifically, he saw a large role that racism, poverty, and all these other factors do play a role in everybody's overall health. And that he believed to improve health that Sometimes those external factors need to be acknowledged and looked at and not just dismissed, not just looking at someone and going, oh, well, you're, you're really overweight and we're just going to dismiss these problems that you may be having with your body because of that. Mm-hmm. So just how does healthism show up in everyday life? Well, have you ever said to yourself, oh, I shouldn't eat that? Um, I'm really trying to be good today. That would be an example of healthism or thinking or looking at somebody across the road, like ever been in Tim Hortons and watching someone eat a donut and thinking they shouldn't be eating that donut. They're overweight. What are, what are they thinking eating that donut? It's oh, so the judgment piece. It's too. the judgment piece. It's that stigmatism behind it. Or you go into your doctor and you're like, you know, my knees really, really ache. And they just look at you and they go... Mm, you should probably lose weight and totally dismiss everything else. We actually, I've actually encountered it and I didn't realize it's kind of like healthism and sizeism. I talked to my doctor once about having breast reduction because I, I have larger breasts and I work out and I do cardio and it, and it can be really annoying. And sometimes I'll get um, rashes underneath. So I thought I'm going to talk to her about that, see what her thoughts are. And she did the look me down, look me up and said, we'll need to make sure that you are at a proper weight before we discuss that further. No other questions, nothing else. Dismissed the entire thing and out the door she went and I went, oh, okay. So that's what she thinks of that. So it's, uh, I I hear a lot of judgment in this in this whole concept right yes um I guess judgment towards yourself but judgment from others yes towards you and your size right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if we are all the same size then we could give everybody the same exact fitness program or the same exact macronutrients to eat and we'd all look identical but that's not the case Okay, so going back to what you said at the beginning, uh, you know, every everyone needs a very individualized, uh, customized workout routine as well as a nutrition plan. Right. Uh, I guess everyone's idea then of 
health needs to be customized too then. Exactly. Exactly. And it's confronting those biases and really just taking a look at yourself and going, what is that person's journey? Like, what, what else is playing? What other factors are playing in there? How can I help you? So if I have a client that comes in and they sit down and they tell me, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, what does that look like? How is losing 20 pounds going to change your life? How do we, how do we gauge all this? Because we could put on muscle and we could still end up losing inches. And I remember when Leah, when I first started working out, cause Leah was my trainer and I told her I wanted to lose weight and I gave her a magic number as we all do, cause we're all so attached to our scale. And she, she broke it all down for me. And I finally said, you know what? Because I want to be able to shop in a different size section. And she's like, then that's what we're going to use to gauge it with and not that number on the scale. Mm, yes. And, and here's an important message for people, right? I think we are too attached to that particular number on the scale. Yes. And, and I know I am too. I have this discussion with my husband all the time, right? Yep. Uh, but, you know, I said, I know, I know that it would make more sense to take you know, a pair of pants or jeans or shorts that that feel a little bit tight right now mm -hmm. and take those and just try them on every week to see if yeah. I'm making progress, right? To, right. But, um, you know, there are what you're saying, Jen, is I mean, there are many other ways of measuring progress uh, yeah. apart from the scale. Yes, it's, there are other ways of major, measuring progress and health. You can look at somebody that's very skinny and they may look very healthy, but their insides are not. Their, their cholesterol numbers may be very high. They may have high blood pressure and you don't know it. And the person sitting next to them that may be carrying some extra weight, all those other numbers may look really good for them versus the other person that we have decided looks like health. Mm -hmm. oh, it. But I, I just want to circle back to what you said about I want to be able to shop uh, and, and shop for a different um, size of clothing, right? Mm. In a different section. So, um, I mean, it's 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 a it's a mentality thing, but it, it goes back to a strong why. Yes. Why are you trying to improve your health, mm -hmm. lose the weight, get, change your body composition Yes, through weight training? So do you have any tips for people on how they can establish that strong why? Keep asking yourself why every single day. Why am I doing it? What is going to happen if I don't do it? What is going to happen if I do do it? What do I do if I hit a roadblock? What are the things I can put in place to help get over those roadblocks? So that's where, you know, if you are going to the gym and you have a hard time even showing up, that's where you make an appointment with a trainer. You have told friends that you're going to a class and you'll meet them there. It's having some of those things in place to help get you through those roadblocks that may come up for you. 
Oh, I love that because that's the strong mindset piece right there. Yes. Yep. When I get, and I've been in a spot before I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it today. I haven't felt like it for weeks. I'll call one of my friends that is a trainer here at the gym. I'm like, what are your, what are you working out this week? What times are you doing your workout? And he'll send them to me. And I'm like, he's like, are you going to meet me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you there. Cause I just need to get over that hump of, I don't feel like it today. And I really don't feel like showing up, but if I know I've made an appointment, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm call me on it otherwise. Yeah. 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 And that's, sometimes that's the accountability that you need. Yeah. Yep. It's having that accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How can we shift away from healthism? (sighs) Confront the biases. Don't Mm -hmm. be judgmental about other people. And when you hear it, when you hear those biases come up, it's making a little notation of, oh, that's, that's a little bit of a bit of a bias that I have there and kind of pushing that aside and trying to form a better narrative. And when you do go into your doctor's office and they do dismiss you because they tell you you need to lose weight, don't, don't be afraid to say, whoa, hang on there. Let's talk about this more. Here are the problems that I'm having. And I don't think you're quite understanding what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. So don't just dismiss the issue or let it be dismissed. Let's, let's put it that way. Right? Let's talk about it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And get to the, the bottom of it until you are satisfied and happy. Right. That's right. That's right. Cause the answer is not, you can, I know people that have lost weight that still needed to have knee replacements. And I know there is some scientific evidence out there now that, that is showing us that even if they do lose weight, that they will probably still have to go that route and they might have lost weight quicker if they had looked at doing um, a knee replacement beforehand. So there's, there's some other evidence things out there or just saying, you know what, talk to me about, about why your knees hurt. Cause that's what I always ask. Why do your knees hurt? What's going on? What can I do to help? And let's go from there. Cause it will come to a point that if I can't find any results, then I'm going to send them to a physiotherapist and I'm going to have them look at it and try to take all those factors in from other professionals, but making sure that we're compassionate and listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm going to jump to the second topic uh, because I think the words inclusive and non-judgmental environments uh, and different body types are going to come up in this yes. second topic, right, Jennifer? You know, you know where I'm where I'm going with this. Yes. But uh, for the listeners, we're going to switch now to a different topic, but very, very closely connected, and yes. that is weight bias. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, what? do you think are the main causes of weight bias in our society? Well, I guess you probably just have to turn on your television. We can start there. Any type of marketing that is out there about weight loss, take this happy pill, it make you thin. Um, You look at celebrities, if they gain weight, it's the media is immediately all over it. If you're looking through your Instagram or your Facebook page, it's, it's always showing you someone working out with, you know, with really cut abs and looks fantastic, which is really a very small percentage of our population. So it's, it's everywhere you look, it is constantly in your face that this is what the ideal person should look like. Yeah, I agree with you. 
However, there are companies that are trying, trying very hard to shift away from. Yes, there are those. I and and one company that comes to mind that um, deals with workout wear for for women is Buff Bunny. Have you ever yeah. heard? I have heard of them, <laughs> and a lot of their advertising. Uh, or a lot of their outfits are shown uh, on models of very different sizes. And it's refreshing. It's very refreshing to see that. Yes. Um, I mean, even some fashion houses now are... Which is great. Yes, 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 finally. But, but I still, I agree with you 100%. The marketing is still, I don't know, maybe not... 95 percent uh is shown with people you know that are trim that are slim that are probably size uh well i don't know size (laughs) zero almost you know and it's just not realistic it's just not realistic Um, general population i mean when you look at a celebrity that's that thin they have a pile of people behind them that are doing their meals and they're being paid to look like that and we have jobs. Some of us have full-time jobs. Some of us have four kids at home or one kid and just trying to find five minutes in the day to go do a workout may not be achievable for some people because of how busy their lifestyles are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, how would you say, because I, I'm sure you deal with this all the time uh, in terms of your clients and, and, and all the people that you've worked with in the uh, fitness industry, how does weight bias affect individuals and their mental health? You may not decide to come to the gym because you feel like you need to lose weight or look better. I know, I know one person who wouldn't even apply for a job because they felt like they were too overweight or people might look at them, they wouldn't get it. So I find that it can sometimes really affect much more than what we're thinking. They become much more introverted. They tend to stay home more and not have that social atmosphere because they're always afraid someone's going to look at them strange or judge them, which is really, really sad. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, one of the messages that I have shared time and time again on the podcast is, I mean, the first love we have to have is loving ourselves. Yes. And our bodies. But I also said, because I am on a journey myself, Mm -hmm. I have said, you can love your body and all it does for you, but you can still desire to lose weight. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You can still desire to change it and what that looks like and always, always trying to strive for, for a better version of yourself. But at the same time, accepting that, you know what, maybe you didn't go to the gym today. One of the biggest things that we always try to ask our clients is, you know, they may come in and think we're going to do this really heavy duty workout. But my question is always, what did you do yesterday? Because what you did yesterday may have impact what I'm asking you to do today. Today may not be the day that you need to do a heavy duty hit workout. Maybe you were on an airplane all day yesterday and now I really shouldn't be putting you through that type of a workout. I should really probably look at something a little bit more lower impact 
than doing the other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, honoring your body and how it feels. Yes. But uh, with saying that, as you know, as we start to work out and get moving, we tend to feel better. We tend to react better. We tend to react better to injuries. Our mood goes up. So it's really, yes, we have to be kind to ourselves, but at the same time, we, we need that accountability to get out and do those things to help us to feel better. It's a fine line, isn't it? Yes. And it's so, and it's so hard because you want to be compassionate and you want to be like, it's okay. But is it continuously okay after three to four weeks of not trying to do anything? And maybe that's where you have to look at some different type of mental health um, things to come into play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, it's so true what you mentioned. You will come away feeling so much better, able to take on the world uh, yeah. after a workout. Right? Changing the narrative instead of saying, I can't, change it to I can or I want to. Or my body is able to. And That's right. I am gull darn happy about that because that that's exactly uh, where I, a year ago, I couldn't do any of this stuff. And look at you now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can go in there and <laughs> pretty much knock out a spin workout like everyone else. But, you know, I, I have to listen to my body too in, in, in certain moments. But I mean, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing what movement yes. and exercise can do for you, not only your body, but your mind as well. I had someone in spin, was it this past week? Yes, Wednesday. And she came in, she's like, Jen, I'm just not feeling it today. I probably probably shouldn't even be here. And I'm like, great job on showing up and keep it a little lighter. If I'm telling you to go between here and here and you're not feeling it, dial it back a little bit. Listen to your body. Don't You don't have to go hard like that. But it's great that you've shown up and you're still going to get some movement out of this. Yeah, exactly. And that's... That, that's a huge hurdle to overcome, just getting there, getting your foot in the door, but you'll feel so much better afterwards. Yes, for yes. sure. Yes. For yep. sure. And you'll never regret that workout. After. No, you won't. You will never regret that workout. So how does weight bias manifest itself in different areas of life? I mean, such as education or employment. I mean, you, you, you did say that some, you, you, know, you know of a person who didn't apply for the job because they felt there might be some bias there, but yep, felt like they didn't deserve it. And uh, um, <laughs> like you absolutely deserve to do things like that. Uh, and, and from, from an education standpoint, how does weight bias manifest itself in that area? Do you know? From an educational standpoint? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It could go all the way back from what you've learned in school to, I really wish that they had more health and nutrition, probably through our education to what that looks like. How do we fuel our body? Is this, is this our potato chips good or would this be better? And looking at those things and if our education was better in those aspects and we really had a much better understanding of it, where would we be today? You know, that's an interesting uh, concept because I, I do think in some schools, they may have taken out home economics. Yes, my mom was a home economic teacher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying, I mean, that should have been replaced with 
with something that teaches you about it. So, well, well, how to how to create um, a nutritious meal? Yeah, right? hitting the macronutrients. Uh, I always say. I, I always say that I wish uh, mindset was taught. I wish there were yeah. mindset classes that were mandatory, maybe once every two weeks or something for not only for elementary school children, but also for secondary school children. Yes. And I, and I get it. Like you may be looking at people that live in poverty and things like that. So having a nutritious meal may not be as achievable as other people. So those types of things do come into play for sure. That's where that whole healthism side comes from Mm -hmm. is looking at that, but how can we do those things better? And I know that there are some schools out there that have a free breakfast program. So you're looking at that, but it's really talking about it and what should a nutritious meal look like? and and how can we create one and how can we do it cheaper if that's what we need to do yeah yeah exactly exactly no that that's a fantastic idea um what are some of the most effective strategies for reducing weight bias (sighs) calling it out if you see it recognizing it in yourself when you do happen to catch yourself doing it because we, we all have it. We all have some type of a bias somewhere in, in there. And it's really taking a step back and just taking a hard look at where we come from already and not trying to judge that book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of what you've said today comes back to the judgment. Yes. Yeah. Judgment towards others is huge. Mm-hmm. We all like also certain judgment towards ourselves and our yes. own habits, right? Yes. Now this this next question, it, it, we'll wrap it up soon. But this, I, I do have a fair number of younger listeners, right? Mm-hmm. And I really want them to listen to this message, or moms, grandmas, pass on this message to your uh, younger people in your family. I mean, what kind of messages do you think we should be sending to young people about body image and weight? Because you said the marketing we see on the internet, on TV, does not give us the a, a good image or a realistic image of how, how we can look, should look, I'm looking for the right word here, but, but I mean, body image um, is a huge topic nowadays. And what messaging should we be giving or sending to our younger people? That everybody is created differently. We come in all shapes and sizes and that everyone does not look the same for a reason. That's why we're all created differently. Some people are tall, some people are short. Some people carry extra weight. Some people don't, which is genetics and recognizing that there are some very skinny people out out there that are genetically dispositioned to look like that. That doesn't mean that they're healthy. Just because someone carries extra weight doesn't mean that they are unhealthy. There are unhealthy things that can happen if they continue to carry the weight for sure. But just recognizing that Everyone is different and that is okay. And don't believe everything that you see on TV. That is not how we are all supposed to look. Mm-hmm. So if you could change the marketing that we see. Yes. 
And I feel like we're seeing that now much more. Like you said, you, you, we can now get on and see different sizes and clothes, which is fantastic. So we are seeing a change happen because people are much more vocal about it now than what we ever were. I mean, Marilyn Monroe was a size 12 or 16, which was considered fantastic way back in the day. And now that would be considered overweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we need to see more shapes, more sizes, um, both in men and in women mm-hmm. for, let's say, more realistic, more accurate uh, marketing, right? Yeah. Yep. And you're going to see all shapes and sizes work out, which is exactly what you want to see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't think that you go to the gym to see only fit toned yeah. people. Yes, what our what our idea is of fit and tone because that person for I had a I had a client and she was retired um and she could leg press like you would not believe and she carried extra weight on her. The one of my other trainers came up, sat down on the leg press after her and looked at how much weight she was pushing and she looked at me and she's like I can't even do remotely that same amount. And she was someone that was very tall, very thin, very fit. And she's like, wow, that is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, that is amazing that she can do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Jen, what is one takeaway you'd like my listeners to really remember or internalize from our conversation today? That we just need to do better. We need to remember to listen. We need to be just better people, help people more. Don't, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't be, don't be mean. Just take a step back, take a breath and just concentrate on yourself and what you want to do for yourself and not worry about what that person is eating or what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you very much for that. And, and so how can people get in touch with you and dive into your world, Jennifer? They can they can go to my Facebook page. Um, I actually share it with a friend of mine, one of the other trainers here. So it's Virgo and Dunbar Fitness. So we do have our own face, Facebook page. They can email me anytime at DunbarFitness at gmail.com. My cell phone number and everything else is out there on our pages. So, or they can contact me right here at Lakeshore Recreation and we can always schedule an appointment and just sit down and chat. It doesn't have to be something formal. It doesn't, we can go upstairs and have a cup of coffee. So it doesn't have to be super structured the first time. And we just talk about where do you want to go? What does it look like and, and how do we do it? Awesome. Thank you. I will add all of those links in the show notes for those who would like to follow up and uh, get in touch with Jennifer. And well, I mean, that was an amazing chat today. I think you really helped open our eyes to both issues about healthism and weight bias, showing us that there can be a downside and we have to be aware of it. I truly appreciated hearing your perspectives on these topics and the awareness that we all need to have and foster. So thank you, Jennifer, for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show, speak your message and educated. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap for today's show. 
with my amazing guest, Jennifer Dunbar. On behalf of Jennifer and myself, we hope to have inspired you to take charge of your health, not tomorrow, not someday, but today. I would also like to extend two invitations to my goal getters. The first one is to visit my website, inspiration to grow That's with the digit two.com for ways to work with me for all podcast episodes and the show notes. And there will be some fun challenges as well. And the second invite is to join the community over on Facebook called inspiration to grow That's again with the digit two for female goal getters. The group is made up of like-minded women who want to grow strong from the inside out and are looking for new ideas to propel their health and wellness to new heights. And remember, you owe it to yourself to take care of yourself, show up for yourself every day and be the best version of you. And in case you haven't heard it yet today, let me be the first to tell you, you're incredible. You have so much potential. I believe in you 100%. Now go out there and show the world what you are truly made of. Have a strong day. Till next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to today's talk. Check out today's show notes for ways to connect with me. And for additional weekly mindset hacks and tangible action steps, click the link in the show notes to reach my website, Inspiration to Grow. That's with the digit two. One more thing. If you enjoyed this podcast, tag me and share it in your Instagram or Facebook stories, or simply share it with a friend who might need a pep talk today. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast site, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and this way you'll never miss an episode. If you like paying it forward, please consider leaving a review. You'd help my podcast get prioritized and shared with other people who may need this message. I appreciate you and encourage you to make every day count.